you don't know all of the things that you're going to need to know like four years down the line when you start a startup. And that's a good thing because it allows you to keep moving forward. If we knew all the things we would need to do, <laughs> and like maybe that would have paralyzed us. Welcome to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom, a podcast where we provide insights, tips, and inspiration for college students and young professionals so they can make a really successful transition from college life to the professional world and beyond. My name is Andy Malinsky, and I'm your host. I'm also a professor of organizational behavior and international management at Brandeis University's International Business School, where we record and produce this podcast. Okay, so our guests today are a brother tandem, actually. Uh, we have Sean and Devin Young. Uh, Sean and Devin are the co-founders um, of Classcraft, which is an award-winning engagement management system used by 5 million students and educators worldwide to, as they say, gamify their classrooms. And as a professor and as someone who has been through a lot of schooling, I'm super interested in hearing about their business and about this episode. Uh, Sean's background, let's see, he taught 11th grade physics for nine years, holds a bachelor's degree in physics and a master's in education, and is a seasoned web developer. Devin is a serial entrepreneur, creative director, who previously ran an ed tech company and a production company with all sorts of great clients. He's an They've both done all sorts of really cool stuff, and I think I actually want to jump right to them. So, Sean and uh, Devin, thanks for being here. Sean, let me actually just so you, so you all can identify each other's voices. Sean, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Andy. It's a real pleasure. And Devin, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much. Really happy to be here. Okay, cool. So let's hear about uh, Classcraft. T- tell us about it. Tell it. Uh, how would you describe it to someone who knows nothing about it? Uh, well, uh, it's it's a pretty unique uh, thing. Uh, basically, what we what we realized is that there's a huge cultural shift happening, and and by happening, I mean it's already happened uh, around um, engagement and the vehicles for engagement. And when you look at gaming and where gaming is as a medium today, uh, there's just been a tremendous explosion uh, around mobile games, online games, esports. And gaming now is the prevalent cultural medium for young people. And by, by that, I mean that when you look at the size of the gaming industry, it's you know, more than double uh, music and film combined. Um, so massive cultural vehicle. And at the same time, uh, really powerful engagement mechanism, right? Why are games so successful as mediums? Because they're built to foster intrinsic motivation. We play games, we spend a lot of time playing games as a society, and we do that because uh, they're built to drive intrinsic motivation. And so when we built Classcraft, we really like took those two pieces, like, hey, there's this culture that is shifting for young people. We need to bring it into the classroom if we're going to relate to them and teach them. And at the same time, we need to leverage the you know, the psychology of games to make school meaningful and help kids care about it and interconnect. When you look at, you know, visitors in school today, they're more connected than ever online, but, uh, you know, 40% of them express feelings of chronic loneliness. They're 60% more likely to develop stress and anxiety. 
about their future. So we really need to like address these social emotional issues by leveraging this culture. And so Classcraft is a, is a platform that empowers teachers to do that, to manage, sustain, develop engagement in school by making it feel like a game. So it's not a video game. It's really a platform where teachers can give points to students for completing work, for showing empathy, for helping each other. Uh, as they go through quest lines and adventures, they'll the coursework and level up their character. They have an avatar that will be in team. So imagine like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons for the classroom and it'll kind of give you a sense of, of what's happening. So that's cool. So it's not, so, so when I was thinking about games, I was thinking about uh, a specific subject, for instance, but what you're saying is that it's really the, the experience of being a student in the class that's gamified. Correct. So it's not, uh, you know, Mavis Beacon or Oregon Trail. It's not game-based learning. It's really gamification in the sense that we're completely transforming the social and real-life interactions of the classroom by adding, you know, new layers of interaction. Like, hey, you can protect your teammate or you can heal them or, you know, you're leveling up. So all these things that make games really compelling, uh, which don't exist in school, which is, you know, hey, do a test, get, you know, your grade three weeks later and you know there's no immediate feedback there's no collaboration in that experience and so really transforming the experience and so it means we can you know work across any grade any subject you know any country uh which is why you know classcraft has kind of grown to the scale that it has in just five years so so let's rewind and let's let's go back to college because this is a really cool thing you guys have hit on the zeitgeist of what's happening and in the world of education, you're creating something that's really innovative, something that's scalable and so on. It's really, it's a really cool thing. But I imagine that this is not something that you were thinking about necessarily in college. Uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell us maybe each of you a little bit about your college experience and then how you transition from there into your early professional career. I think that the, the interesting uh, place to start is probably before college, which is just in school. Sean and I just didn't have a good time there right so i think uh i you know uh, had issues with bullying sean was pretty bored basically and uh and so that really kind of created a little bit of a a, i don't know we were always kind of uh thinking a little bit out out of the box trying to you know kind of yeah find our own path i guess and so i ended up uh studying graphic design uh in college and then um I actually dropped out before completing a couple of classes that I had left and just started working and uh and freelanced uh basically my whole life until like Classcraft started, which is my first real quote unquote job. And uh Sean ended up really, you know, digging into uh studying physics and then uh, becoming a teacher and and we ended up actually working together. Me as a creative director and him as a developer for about a decade. Uh, so Sean was kind of teaching by day and then programming by night. Um, and I was, I, I eventually moved to Montreal and, uh, and, and then New York and, um, and, you know, started a couple startups, ran a production company, uh, got pretty big clients and built out teams. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so that I think that, you know, um, the, the, Typical model of school for me, anyways, didn't really work as well as I think it was intended to, and it sort of prompted me to be a lot more self reliant and to to just sort of uh, learn on my own and to hustle basically and make things happen. and uh, And then that you know eventually kind of led us 
to uh, after working uh, together for a decade, the idea of class rep came out of Sean's classes, and then uh, and it gave us something to sort of focus our attention on. Let me I don't know if you want to add stuff to that, Sean. Yeah, actually, let me let me um I, I do want to hear Sean's perspective, especially how you know what you did after college, Sean, and how that kind of emerged into an interest in Classcraft. But Devin, I'm curious you mentioned freelancing. You know, I think a lot of people who are listening to this either do freelancing, think about freelancing, live in a gig economy, uh, are you know are are focusing on developing skills, and I just want to hear about that experience a little bit because. You know, people on this podcast have talked about sort of the contrast between a traditional education in the United States, let's say liberal arts, or even like a business, uh, studying business in college versus sort of building skills, getting out there, being in the real world and so on and so forth. Do you, do you have a perspective on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's, there's different types of, of learning, different ways of learning. Right. And, uh, and my preferred approach is very hands-on. And so I, uh, I really appreciated the autonomy that freelancing gave me. Um, I think that when I was doing it, when I was like 18, 19, 20, like, it was not cool. <laughs> like Now it's like, be an entrepreneur and it's all sexy and all this kind of stuff and like fail fast and all this. But uh, at the time, it was really just like, uh, you know, there was an independence that it afforded me. It was it was a hard path. Like I'm not, you know, but I think a lot of paths are hard and that shouldn't, um, you know, dissuade you or anybody to, to go down that path. I think it's just that like, you need to like get yourself back up and and be like, okay, like whatever didn't work, like, what am I going to do now? And, and then, you know, you usually come up with some kind of uh, next step and you try that out. And then, and then you, you know, you kind of break the ice and chart, chart, um, identify a path forward. And so, um, so in my formative years, I was in Montreal and it was, you know, kind of the cost of living was kind of low there. And it allowed me to, I also played a lot of music. Um, and I did that for a number of years. And then eventually when I got to New York, it was, I mean, I, I got my butt kicked for like a number of years basically. Uh, and, and it was pretty stressful, but like, um, you know, I, I, and Sean was kind of with me in those experiences vicariously through all these like freelance projects that we were working on. But like, we, we really uh, developed, uh, I think, a level of professionalism and, and, and just uh, you know, being able to problem solve and, and, and think on our feet and stuff that was really uh, critical to, to feeding into Classcraft success now. You know, I think that people look at Classcraft and they're like, it's so amazing. You guys are you know, growing so fast or whatever. But there's like a 10-year... Like, run up to that where you know sean and i are basically like going through all these learning real world learning experiences and like we one of our clients was chanel we worked for microsoft on some projects at intel and we like raised money in the valley with some startups i worked on and like so there was just you know we had a pretty solid running start i think because of all those experiences when we actually got to working on classcraft and it was liberating to just sort of have the room to not deal with a client and to just be masters a little bit of our destiny and, and make the moves that we thought were the right ones. And, and thankfully, um, you know, due to that and a million other factors, uh, and I should really include that like our third co-founder is our dad and he sure, you know, shears up uh, the, the financial and, and legal side of the business and it would be impossible to do anything we're doing without him. But, but yeah, the, a lot of those experiences were really important. And if, if I can just jump in there, I think that like for me, when when listening to to Devin talk about this, what really 
jumps out at me is that there's like both Devin and I and, and Lauren, our, our dad, uh, are really lifelong learners. And you know what Devin is saying is that basically all of his career up until Classcraft was him, you know, learning new stuff and you know always being like, sure, I can figure that out. You know, the number of projects we pitched to clients that we had no idea how we were going to do it when we pitched it, and you know, just I was like, I told them we could do this. I'm like, I don't know how to develop that, but we'll figure uh, it out. I'm sure, you'll be fine. You've got yeah. to- <laughs> Uh, so, so just, you know, there's a, I think for us, like a common trait between the three of us, um, and, and specifically Devin and I is, is really this propensity to learn on our own, to figure things out, to want to do it, um, and to set limits on ourselves. And I think that like, that's been part of our success, but it's also defined our careers. And, and I think that anybody going into any profession or any entrepreneurship in the future, like that has to be your one like superpower because the economy is changing. Jobs are being, you know, created out of (laughs) new technologies all the time. Um, And the only way that you can actually navigate that is to just continuously learn. Interesting. Um, and, And tell us about speaking of continuously learning, it sounds like you taught physics for a long time. Sean and that in, in Devin was saying that the some of the ideas for Classcraft came out of that experience. Can you speak to that? Yeah, totally. So some just you know my 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 school career was like uh, pretty uh, classic in some ways. I just you know uh, uh, finished high school, went into college, picked physics because I'm like that's the only thing I can't learn on my own. Probably uh, I was right. You don't want to do you know quantum physics in your basement. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and realized quickly that I didn't want to do applied research. And because it was, you know, you're in a lab in a basement with machines, that's what physics research looks like. Um, so it's, I kind of started trying to figure out what I could do. I got into substitute teaching by accident, really. I was the only person on the substitute substitute teacher list for my whole area. So I was, you know, could basically work full time if I wanted to, but I was studying. So I was just teaching on the side and, and I got into it. Uh, when I finished college, I, I started teaching and I, you know, went on to get a master's degree while, while teaching and, and while working with Devin on all these projects. And and for me, like the goal for, for education was, was, as a teacher, was to make school meaningful for kids. And teaching is a pretty interesting job because it's, you're actually an entrepreneur uh, as a teacher because you, you have customers which are you know, in a market, which are your students, and you have a lot of freedom. Basically, nobody's you know, coming into your class every day telling you what to do. And, and you have clear KPIs that you need to hit around student success. And, and then you have all these intangibles of, you know, making your product, which is your class and your experience, meaningful for, for your users. And so kind of had a like very design thinking approach to teaching. And, and so the, like built a lot of really cool, innovative pedagogy uh, as an engineer as well. So I could just like program my own tools. And out of that built Classcraft, I was like, these kids are, are, are engaged. My classes are super fun. And so that's not a problem. But what is a problem is that they, my students don't uh, relate to one another enough. They're competitive. They're not, you know, helping each other when they should be. This is a hard class. They should, you know, 
all be working together? How do I make that happen? And so I, I, I wrote my master's thesis on using digital platforms to create community in the classroom and seeing how digital interactions could translate to real-life collaboration. And that's really like kind of out of that vein that Classcraft kind of emerged as an idea. And so I had the idea of, you know, running my classroom as a game, built a little scrappy prototype over a weekend and just started doing it. And did that for three years. It was a very like, this is cool. I'm going to like keep tinkering. And as I would like, get, you know, build cool stuff with Devin and like bring some of like the stuff that I'd learned from the programming side and incorporate that in my little like side project. And after three years of that, built an online platform, an online website just to talk about it. I'm like, this is cool. Other teachers should, you know, try something like this. And the day that went online, 130,000 people came to the website. By the end of that week, it was a quarter million people using visits. And, and it happened because it was trending on Reddit gaming. And, you know, we were getting the BBC call to do an interview. I was getting like 100 emails a day from teachers like, how do I download this? This looks super cool. And like, I'm like, you can't. There's no product. <laughs> uh, there's no company. There's like, basically all you have here is like the concept. Um, and so from there, Devin and I, you know, we're like, man, there's a real opportunity here. And I didn't actually like Devin, Devin had to like convince me. He's like, no, I'm telling you, this is our chance to like, you know, stop working for clients and work for our, for our own thing. And I'm like, I don't know at tech. And then finally we, we, we did a Kickstarter and to try to get some funding going and it failed pretty miserably, mostly just because the, the rewards were very niche. It's like, you'll get a teacher license, but like, who cares about that on Kickstarter? How many of those people are teachers, you know, sponsoring projects? Uh, so that's when we brought in our dad and wrote a whole business plan and applied for a massive grant from the Canadian government and got it. Um, Devin and, and it was right through back to school. So Devin and Warren wrote the whole thing in 10 days and, and we applied on this really competitive grant in one. So that's kind of the story. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, and so you basically applied for the grant, but at that point didn't have um, a prototype and didn't have results and so on. It was really a concept. Well, I had my prototype that I built and been using, but it, like you needed to code to give kids points. Like nobody else could use that except me. And so it, it really wasn't like uh, anything else than like the embryo and the like all the press that we had. We had by then like, a hundred publications have talked about Classcraft, even though there was no company. Um, so on the back of like the strength of the prototype and the like obvious interest for, for this going market, we were able to build a business case. Can you give me an example? As, I, as I'm listening to the story, I'm listening to the business side of it, but then I can't help but as a, as a teacher myself, try to really understand what's going on. So can you give me just like an illustration or an example of someone earning a point and thereby like sort of like exemplifying the, the, your goal of trying to not just have competition, but have sort of cooperation. Sure. Uh, and so probably like people listening to this have played an RPG before know what it is. Uh, but basically in Classcraft, you're like a team of adventurers and you win and die as a team, right? So you're, you're working together and just like a sports team, and each, each student has a character, so like a warrior, healer, mage, and based off of that, you have a specific role in the team. 
and you level up as you do stuff. And so you gain points for whatever the ed teacher wants to give points for. So, you know, in your case, you're teaching, you know, you're a professor. Uh, so you'd be teaching and you'd be like, let's say you're teaching undergrad, you would say, hey, like, you know, if, if, you if you show up on time, I'll give everybody 100 points for everybody who shows up. And if you, you know, did all the reading you were supposed to do, I'll give you points. And if you participate in this class, you'll get points. And if you do your, you know, if you participate online in our online platform in between classes, I'll give you points. And so, like, basically, you would, like, whatever it is you want students to be engaged around doing, you would give them points for that. And as they get those points, they level up, they unlock powers. Um, powers that are things like, you know, you can eat in class in middle school, but that in, you know, undergrad could be like, you can hand in your paper two days later. Um, and so things that they really care about as players. So you're, you're incentivized to like be empowered around your own destiny as a learner by doing the things that make you a better learner. And then kids can like, they have lives. So if you do bad things, like you can, you know, hand in your homework on time, you'll get you'll lose some lives and then the other students can heal you and they can protect you. So you're working as a team to like navigate the experience of being in school. Um, and then attached to that, there's a whole like quest engine. So you could put all your homework assignments into that as like choosing an adventure type of experiences. Students complete assignments, they level up. Uh, and there's a whole story world that we've built. Uh, well, Devin and his teams mostly have built uh, around like, the the actual universe of Classcraft and you know all these stories that are attached to to these quest lines. So that's kind of the what it feels like and looks like in a classroom. Yeah, that's so cool. You know what it actually reminds me of. I have to say is uh, it reminds me of vaguely of uh, Harry Potter where they you know they would do something and and one of the teachers would say you've earned three hundred points for Gryffindor. You know, it's it's actually like. Kind of crazy. We've, we've, uh, so Classcraft has kind of grown to the point where we're over 6 million people on the platform, students, teachers, parents. We are in 165 countries. We're in 11 languages. And we, there's just this thing going on in Spain where we, it's hard to understand exactly why, but like one in five students in Spain has a Classcraft account. And some schools have gone completely like, all in and have turned their school into Hogwarts <laughs> and made like, like houses across the grades. And it culminates their school year into these big moments of like dance competitions in the gym or dance offs. And like, like, so we're, we're just, you know, checking social media one day and we see these posts coming out of this school in Spain. And it, it, it's that it's literally like hundreds of kids dancing in this gym in Spain with like Game of Thrones music on. And they, they, they've like cut out costumes and they have like our logo basically on each kid's chest as they're like dancing in the stream. <laughs> like, what is going on? This is so crazy. But it's kind of become now like our, you know, version of, you know, the, that's what like the maximum expression of what this toolbox essentially of gaming mechanics within a, a school setting can do. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's pretty visceral when you see those videos. So that that's so interesting. It's so it's so cool. And and what a sort of serendipitous journey you guys have taken. Can I, I want to? I just want to step back now and um, you know, just sort of talk a little bit about advice that you might have for for college students 
entering the workforce or young professionals considering, you know, creating something? What, what are some lessons you've learned through, through this experience? There's a lot in that. You know, I think that, um, like, I, I bootstrapped a startup when I moved to New York. And, uh, and we had, a, you know, some friends who built a similar type of, uh, it was like a listing directory for like alternative health schools. And we thought, oh, we'll do one for music. This will be great. And, uh, and they'd made a you know, fair amount of money doing it. And so, um, and in the end, like uh, the business model was, wasn't exactly right. And the, the context for doing it within health schools was one way or like worked a certain way. And within music schools actually worked a different way. And so, um, you know, I put in like about a hundred hour weeks, hundred, 110 hour weeks for two years straight. Like asked me when my last day off was, and it was like nine months ago. And, um, and at the end of that, when we kind of decided to pull the plug, I went out for dinner with a friend and I was just like, I don't know, I was just so crushed and exhausted. And we'd, you know, been kind of strung out trying to bootstrapping a startup super hard. Uh, financially, because you're kind of trying to do other things while you're juggling that. It's just, it's a bit uh, complicated. And, and he looked at me, he's like, this is a down payment on your eventual success. And I was like, okay. Like, he's like, the education you got out of those last two years, there's no, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody, you know, like, you know, these, these experiences inside and out, you've seen the causal effect of like, we're going to, you know, I don't know, spend $20,000 on SEO. And then you don't realize that it actually takes a long time for that to actually kick in, right? So you're like expecting something to happen the month after and it's like a six to 12 month commitment or something. You know what I mean? So it's just a lot of those values, or sorry, experiences and lessons were really uh, critical to, to developing other things. And so I think that like try stuff would be, you know, a, a big thing. Uh, and, and, you know, it, Things will probably fail, and and that ultimately it's the learning that's the most important thing. Like, no, you, someone can can take away a business, you know, you can lose a business partner. Like things happen, but the actual education and your in, internal like thought process and your ability to critical think and to to inspire people to work for you and to lead and like, there's just no way to learn that stuff other than doing it. And so, um, so those, those have been just really valuable kind of experiences along the way. And I think that it's, it's again, just super easy to look at like, oh my God, things are so great today. And it's like, it's like going to a rock show or a concert or something and be like, oh my God, that was an amazing show. You, you don't see the 10 million hours that went into practicing before then, you know? So learning an instrument, getting comfortable, learning how to play with other people, like you name it. So, so I, yeah, anyways, I think that those were things that really uh, served me as I was kind of going through the ups and downs of, of you know, the journey to get here. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Sean, do you, do you have any, uh, any, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, totally. I think for me, like, there's a... Like, even... I'm, I'm going to talk about, like, the class craft period here a little bit. Like, even since we've started this company, I feel like we've been on a continuous learning journey. Like, our jobs have changed <laughs> significantly Seriously, uh, like, crazy. <laughs> uh, multiple times you know it started it was just the three of us so like i was doing you know all the customer service uh, like straight up i was de- developing the platform i you know Devin was doing all the marketing on his own uh, doing product design choosing our logo like like just like very specific things and 
you know, now we have 50 employees, you know, like our jobs are, are, are really, really different and there's been multiple stages there. So I think that like, for me, um, there, there's, a, there's, there's a ton of takeaways from, from that experience. One is, you know, back to like, hey, you need to continuously be learning and developing yourself. Like the, the growth curve of Classcraft is synonymous to the growth curve of us as individuals, right? And so like, I feel like I've grown a lot since we started this project. Specifically, like, I think that there's, uh, you know, the, from a human standpoint, I think like the, the, the value of having a team and developing a team and empowering people and, you know, creating scalable processes, uh, all the like human resources aspects of running a company were, were pretty new to me. I, you know, I could borrow from like, hey, like managing kids in a classroom and like there's a group of humans that you want them to work together. And that's kind of what a company is. So like we borrow from there, but like it's also really, really different. And learned a lot there. I've um, also like just like the amount of skills, you know, like we've raised multiple rounds from venture capitalism. That's like things we'd never done before. And now I know all this like stuff about finances and, <laughs> and all the stuff you need to learn as you go to, to start a business so from my like mental standpoint as well. Just like, you don't know all of the things that you're going to need to know like four years down the line when you start a startup. And that's a good thing because it allows you to keep moving forward. If we knew all the things we would need to do <laughs> and like maybe that would have paralyzed us, you know what I mean? Uh, so like, there's a bit of a like ignorance is bliss, and you gotta just keep, you know, adding to your to your 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 bag of knowledge as you go. Uh, but basically, you know, scale yourself, and and I think that that's a pretty interesting piece. I think another one is like, uh, as young people, we don't think about this a lot, but like the value of your relationships outside of work are really important. Um, you know, both Devin and I have kids. We, you know, really do our best to have a like healthy work-life balance, even though we're, you know, running a startup and traveling a lot. And you know, both have spouses who you know have careers. Um, and so I think that there's you can't underestimate the value of uh, the friendships you have now and maintaining them, and you know, putting time aside for your relationships. I think that that's pretty easy to forget on an entrepreneurial journey and ultimately if you don't do it they you know, a part of you pays pays the price so i think that that that, that balance is something we don't think about often as young people going into our careers but that it, the older you get the more important it becomes yeah very wise wise perspective uh on all this and such an interesting story i have so many other questions but i think we're gonna i think we're gonna pause here so um uh, if people want to learn more about Classcraft, I'm imagining they probably will. <laughs> Where can they go? Uh, classcraft.com. That's the easiest. Uh, find out about our, our company, our values. You know, we're a B Corp. There's a whole bunch of interesting things about Classcraft uh, other than you know, the, us and you know, the specific product. And a lot of this stuff is just on the website around um, the work that we're doing to move education forward more broadly than just through the product, but also through policy work and all kinds of stuff that we're working on. So uh, that's the first place to start. But if you just go Google, there's a ton of stuff about it as well. Cool. 
Uh, and uh, what an interesting platform. I think after after we hang up, I'm going to uh, go dive in there myself, actually. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for, uh, for, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was our pleasure. Keep, keep up the good work, Andy. Thank you for listening to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. If you're interested in learning more about the work that I do and helping people step outside their comfort zones and transition successfully into the professional world, please visit my website, www.andymolinsky.com. That's A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And also feel free to email me directly at Andy at andymolinsky.com with any feedback or ideas for guests for future podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Brandeis University's International Business School. By teaching rigorous business, finance, and economics, connecting students to best practices, and immersing them in international experiences, Brandeis International Business School prepares exceptional individuals from around the globe to become principled professionals in companies and public institutions worldwide. Thank you so much for listening.